This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. It is the Tuesday solo episode. I don't even know what that was. That's just what came to mind when I clicked record. But yes, it is the solo Tuesday episode. I probably still sound stuffed up nasally because I'm still struggling with a sinus infection. It is Monday morning at 8.17 a.m. and I am recording this in my closet. My husband is off today because it is a holiday in Canada. It was our Thanksgiving weekend. Milo is downstairs. The dogs are downstairs. So who knows what kind of background noise you're going to hear. I'm drinking my coffee, which is hot and I like it. I told my husband I'm just going to go upstairs for like a half hour and record this episode. Otherwise, who knows if I'll get to record it because my husband is on call today. So he's off, meaning like he's not going in doing his office or scheduled things, but he is on call. So he could get called in at any moment and be gone all day like you never know. And of course, if I'm home alone with Milo he's not gonna nap because that's just how it works lately and so yeah I'm just might not get a chance to record by the evening I'm usually exhausted because of the sinus infection so I thought I wouldn't want to do it later tonight so here I am at eight in the morning with my coffee talking to myself in my closet For some reason, with this sinus infection, I feel best the first couple hours after I wake up. So that's also why I'm doing this right now. But it sucks because every morning I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, I'm better. And I make these like mental plans for the day. Like, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do this. And then a couple hours later, I just feel awful and sit on the couch like a blob. And there's so many things that I want to get done right now especially because we just bought a house finally and finally like we were looking for literally like two weeks so I don't know why I say finally but it was just a stressful situation because the market is insane right now so anyways we bought a house we have an early closing which is November 9th so we don't have that much time to like pack everything up organize the move and yeah the the person that owns the house that we're renting right now is probably going to list the house any day so I want it to look somewhat decent if people are going to come and view the house which is so weird because I have no problem like showing on Instagram or social media like how unorganized my closets are and how like you know messy the house can get but for some reason if they're going to be showing the house like I want it to look nice and organized like what what is that that's so strange is it because people on social media know me so I feel like they're going to judge me less. Like these people that I'll never see in my life who don't know who I am are going to come look at the house and our closets aren't organized, but I care for some reason, but I will showcase it on social media for thousands of people to see. Like what, what, why? Anyways, despite having the sinus infection, I've been slowly organizing closets and, you know, getting things ready to pack up quickly. 
Luckily, we don't have too much stuff to pack because when we moved here, we knew that we weren't going to be staying in this house very long. So I didn't do any kind of like decorating, nothing. So there's hardly anything on the walls. Like we didn't, you know, like put up shelves or like there's really not much uh, to do. It's literally just like throwing stuff in boxes. Um, so yeah, it shouldn't be that much work, but I still would like to be able to get things done and my sinuses are preventing that from happening. Happening quickly anyways. It's taking me for freaking ever to do anything. I am also going to be speaking at MomFest Digital, which is this digital, like, virtual mom event. They have so many awesome speakers, like, from everything, like, lactation consultants to, like, therapists to, like, anything you can think of. Um, so it's over two days, Wednesday, this Wednesday, so tomorrow, and Thursday, and it's all day. So I think it's like 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. or something, and there's just like speakers, and the platform that they have it on is super neat. You can go into different rooms and like see, you know, different speakers. If you want to leave that room, you can go to a different one. So I'm going to be talking on the Wednesday at noon. And so I've been trying to prepare a little bit for that, but to be honest, again, like I've been not as productive as I want to be, but for that, you know, little 30 minute talk, I decided to kind of blend content from the blog, from Instagram, from TikTok, from the podcast, and kind of just talk about topics that I love. So I decided on mom poster syndrome being the default parent and mom guilt. So I'm basically just going to chat about those things. I have some TikToks put into the presentation, which is always fun. Uh, and then I'm going to answer questions at the end if anybody has any questions. And to start off the presentation, I made sure to ask everyone who's watching, because there's a little chat box at the side of the, the presentation. And like where you can see me and I can share my screen with you. So I made a PowerPoint and there's a chat box. So if you have questions, you can just put it up in the chat box. And at the beginning of the presentation, I made sure to ask everyone who their childhood crush was because I'm so curious and I want to see all the answers come up in the chat box. Uh, and I should also mention that this event, you can register for free. So if you go to the link in my bio on Instagram or on TikTok, you'll see that there's like the MomFest digital register here uh, thing. So just click that and you can register for free and join me on Wednesday at noon. And was it yesterday? All my days are blending together, but I think it was yesterday. No, no, no. The day before was World Mental Health Day. So I shared just a little bit about my experience with anxiety on my Instagram stories and how I take medication daily now for that. It's just this tiny little white pill that completely has changed my quality of life. It's crazy. And so many people related to how I described the anxiety. Um, so once it, initially it just started out as situational anxiety. So I was terrified and not just like a healthy amount of anxiety, terrified if I had to do any kind of like presentation, even if, you know, 
you sat in a classroom on the first day and they went around because in grad school the classes are really small if they went around and wanted people to introduce themselves like I would instantly die inside like dreading that this episode is brought to you by little spoon if you're like me then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children prepping food going to the grocery store all of the above who has the time We are all so busy and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Lil Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals. So you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon Plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner. I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Also in grad school, there was a lot of like lab meetings and, you know, meetings with my supervisor, meetings with this person running this research project. And yeah, and it was just a lot of like talking on the spot. And I like it was like crippling anxiety. I would literally choose my classes by looking at the syllabus or like the class description and how we were graded 
and any class that had like multiple presentations or, or something like I wouldn't pick that class even if it was something that I really wanted to take. But I quickly realized that in grad school, every single class had at least one presentation. That was a huge chunk of your grade. So I think the school year starts like in September and by just before Christmas, I was ready to drop out of school because I couldn't, like it was just not manageable. And I remember speaking to one of my friends and she was talking about how she takes citalopram for the same kind of thing, like situational anxiety. So instead of dropping out, what I did was I went home early because my school was in Ottawa. I was living in Sudbury at the time or my family. So I went home early for Christmas break. I missed like a conference and like some classes. Um, But yeah, I just had to leave So I went home early, made a doctor's appointment, and I specifically remember that day when I had the doctor's appointment. I was halfway to the doctor's office. He was my family doctor at the time. And I just like broke down crying and had to pull over on the side of the road and go back to my house and pick up my mom to come with me. And I think it was morning and I remember calling her and she was like, ah, like I'm not even ready. Like I have nothing, but I'll just like throw on clothes, like come get me. It's fine. So yeah, I was what, like 20 something years old and I had to go back and pick up my mom to come to my doctor's appointment with me to get anxiety medication. And of course, when I went into the doctor's office, as soon as he asked like, oh, so like what brings you in today or whatever they ask people, I just broke down crying and like I could barely talk. So I got a prescription for citalopram and I also got a prescription for clonazepam, which I take literally like once or twice a year just before like major anxiety producing events. So for example, my PhD defense, I took some the morning, like as soon as I got up and then it's like, it's life changing. Like you have zero anxiety. And this is for me. I shouldn't say like this is gonna work for everybody because I know some people go through multiple different kinds of medication until they find one that works for them. But I'm just lucky that the first, you know, medications that I tried really were effective for me and didn't have side effects or anything like that. So the citalopram I take every night before bed um, and it just helps with like generalized anxiety and also, you know, because it was World Mental Health Day the other day, I was seeing these posts on Instagram that was saying, you know, anxiety is not always what you think of it like it to be. It's not always, you know, like sweaty and like heart racing and, you know, anxious thoughts. No, sometimes it presents itself as irritability anger, frustration, and I can definitely relate to that because I know when I feel insanely irritable that it's related to anxiety. It's it's weird to explain. I should probably look into this more and like talk about it more, but my anxiety can present itself as being super irritable or like frustrated, like days where little tiny things happen around the house that make you frustrated or a little bit irritable, like those things would happen to me 
and it like sets me off like over over the edge let's say like it's like you can't handle it and that was a huge difference that I noticed once I started taking citalopram like those little things that would happen throughout the day like you hit your elbow on the wall as you're leaving the bathroom or you know you stub your toe or you drop the milk on the floor whatever it is prior to being on citalopram it would like ruin my my day like I would it would just like frustrate me and irritate me so much and I would be mad and angry whereas now like all these little things could happen to me at once and I will just kind of laugh it off it's like I have I don't have the internal anxiety or like I'm not functioning at this like high level like buzzing like energy so these things happen now and it's not a big deal And that's kind of a good way to describe it too, like a buzzing inside of your body. Like I was always on like X Games mode. (laughs) If you watch TikTok, you know what that means. It's like I was always super like moving really fast around the house. And when you do that, you're more likely to, yeah, hit your freaking elbow on the wall or, you know, drop something. And now I just move slower. Like I go through my day just at a normal, non-anxious pace. And it makes a huge difference in your day-to-day quality of life, like how you feel day in and day out. But of course, in life, there's going to be, like, I still feel anxiety. I'm not immune to it. My husband rarely feels anxious. I don't know if he even knows what that means. And so, you know, when we have stressful situations, Milo's hurt, Milo's sick, I'm still functioning at an anxious level compared to my husband. Like, I'm still an anxious person, but it's manageable and it doesn't affect my day-to-day. And, you know, even though certain things make me insanely anxious, I've always been one to still sign up for it and go and do it. For example, I had this idea in my mind in grad school that I wanted to present at a conference. Like, why, Renee? You're deathly afraid of public speaking. Like, why? But I did. So I, you know, applied to this conference. It was in Copenhagen. And I was accepted to be a speaker on this, like, certain panel, whatever. And my supervisor was going to this uh, conference, my best friend was going to this conference, and her uh, fiancé was going. And so I brought my mom because we ended up making a trip out of it and we went to Paris first and then we went to Copenhagen after, or maybe we went to Paris after, I don't remember. But anyways, my mom was with me. And the entire trip, like, I could almost not enjoy anything until I got that presentation out of the way because that's all I was thinking about. Like, I was obsessing over it. And I remember the night before the presentation, we went out for dinner with my friend and her fiance who is now her husband. And I couldn't even, like, you know those pictures of Copenhagen you see with all like the little row houses they're actually like restaurants and stuff but all in a row along the canal that's where we were having dinner outside on a patio like it was perfect it was so amazing and I couldn't even enjoy 
anything. Like I was just dreading the next morning having to present. I couldn't focus on conversations that were happening at the table. Like I could barely eat anything. It was awful. And then when my mom and I went back to the hotel room, anxiety really started to kick in. And I was still like I was on citalopram at this point. So it just goes to show that major anxiety producing things would still affect me. So we went back to the hotel and I was fine for a little bit. But then I was just terrified to go to sleep because I knew when I woke up, I had to like get ready and go do the presentation. So I started crying and like working myself up so much so that I was throwing up and bawling my eyes out. My mom didn't know what to do. And we ended up FaceTiming my, who's my husband now, but wasn't at the time. And he was like telling me to take my citalopram, which is the medication that I use just when I have like major um, stressors happening. And so, yeah, he was like, take citalopram, go to bed, like get a good sleep. And so that's what I did. And I remember we had Sex in the City on TV in in the hotel room. And I was just, I took my medication, I went to bed. And then as soon as I opened my eyes in the morning, I took it again. And it was like nothing had ever stressed me out before. I just like calmly got ready, like got dressed, did my hair, walked over to the the building where the conference was happening and just like did my presentation. I'm kind of like a zombie in that, you know, you're just kind of like going through the motions, but I was able to do something that I've always wanted to do and I presented at a conference. So there you go. Thank you, medication. And a lot of the time when I tell people about, you know, situations like this, they think that it's just regular, you know, fear of public speaking. That's not what it is. Like, I I consider myself now being on citalopram to have regular fear of public speaking. It's not like I enjoy it now that I'm, you know, taking medication for anxiety. I still have fear and, you know, anxiety for sure. Um, but it's manageable and I'm able to actually do it. So whenever people would say, oh yeah, like I, I don't like public speaking either. It's like, yeah, but you can do it. Like I physically could not do it. I remember, I don't know if in that last story about the conference presentation, I think I said I took citalopram, but no, clonazepam is the one that is for like major situational anxiety producing things. But anyways, I remember doing training for reflective functioning in New York City. And this again, I was taking my my daily anxiety medication, which is citalopram. And uh, yeah, so again, we made a trip out of it. My mom came, my sister, my mamere, and we were in New York City. We stayed at the Gansevoort just because, you know, that's where the Kardashians stayed on their reality show. And I thought it would be fun. So yeah, we made a trip out of it. And then I, two of the days that we were there, I had all day training at uh, the new school for reflective functioning. So 
I got, I wasn't nervous to go do the training at all. So, you know, I got up, walked to the training. It was super fun. I loved being in New York City. Um, Yeah, we did like the little introductions, which was fine, like whatever. But during the training, we, and there was only like 10 of us in the room, we, the training was to code transcripts. So we were coding transcripts, like therapy transcripts for reflective functioning. And a lot of the time we would read passages from the therapy sessions. So somebody would read the passage and then we would kind of talk about it as a group or we would quietly code it and then talk about our codes. And yeah, so that's kind of how the training, a lot of the training went. And, you know, I never volunteered to read the the transcripts, obviously, like that is terrifying to me. It was scary to even read off of a paper on my own in in a group. And then, of course, you know, at some point in the training, he decided that we were going to like just go around the table and take turns reading the passages. So when it got to me, I was like dying inside, like waiting for it to get to me. And then I started to read and like the internal, I'm sure on the outside, I look totally normal. Like, oh, she's so like confident. Look, she's like dressed nice. Like, you know, she's super friendly. But no, on the inside, I thought I was dying. And I read probably like three or four sentences and like my voice just wouldn't read anymore. And my voice completely just like turned off and I couldn't read. I couldn't breathe. So I just asked the girl beside me, I was like, oh, my voice is giving out like do you mind finishing for me? And like, it was a non-issue, like nobody even looked up from their page and she just continued reading. But when situations like this happen, you're terrified for it to happen again. So you're almost, you're anxious about getting anxiety as opposed to the actual situation. So I was always in fear of that happening again. Like, you know, in class back in Ottawa, like someone's going to ask me to read something and then I'm not going to be able to breathe and my voice is going to cut out. And I know they say like the more you do these things, the more, you know, the easier it'll become and the less your anxiety will be, which is true. But unless you can actually do it without having these negative outcomes, then I don't think that's going to happen because it just further proves the point in your head that, you know, something bad is going to happen when you do this specific thing. For me, it was, you know, reading in, in a group or public speaking, whatever. So when I would find myself in those situations, like, you know, had a presentation or had a big meeting where I have to talk, I would take, not citalopram, Renee, clonazepam. And then I was able to do it comfortably and, you know, be super confident and not have raging anxiety. Yeah, I would still have regular anxiety beforehand and not want to do it. Like I wasn't super pumped to go give a presentation, but I got through it and got through it really well and it was a good outcome. And so I think doing that multiple times over the last few years has just made me more comfortable uh, speaking and, you know, talking in meetings and 
speaking up for myself and being myself. Like that's the biggest thing that I can say that anxiety medication has done for me is when I had really bad anxiety that wasn't being treated with medication, I would, you know, go do go to a class, go, you know, to a meeting. And even if I had so many things that I wanted to say or contribute, um, I wouldn't. I would just I would just keep quiet because I was too anxious. And even I remember sitting in meetings and, you know, they would be talking about something. And even as soon as I had an idea that I wanted to share, I would get raging anxiety in my body just at the thought of like wanting to say something. Uh, It's crazy. So medication for me has allowed me to be myself and be confident and be able to speak up. And if I want to say something now, I'll say it. And I was able to do so many things that I wouldn't have done without controlling my anxiety like presentations and you know signing up for this like being a part of this going to this meeting and like this mom fest thing that's coming up on Wednesday yeah it's digital and I'm just going to be talking from my house but it still gives me a little bit of anxiety to do it and I always like they asked me to do it and I was like yeah of course but then I was like oh Renee why why do you why do you agree to these things but I know I'm going to be fine. Like it's, I'm so much more comfortable now than I was before. And to be honest, this mom room stuff, like the stuff that I do for the mom room and, you know, mom related content, it just comes easy to me and I can just totally be myself. Like I remember every time I would give, literally every time I would give a presentation in grad school, I would always get like an A plus, like all the content was like bang on, you know, I, I was a super nerd, but I always got comments after presentations from professors that I wasn't, uh, professional and what they meant was I wasn't just boring. And to be honest, I don't think a male, like a boy, a man, presenting the way that I did would get the same comment. I think, I honestly, I think about this a lot. Like, why why was I always getting A pluses on my presentations? But then I was told that, you know, I needed to be a little bit more like serious or I, I wasn't like be a little bit more professional next time. Um... I hated those comments and I never listened to them, like never. And I know a guy could do the exact same presentation and he would not get that comment a hundred percent. Like what? I made the class laugh a couple times, so it's not professional. No, it's just a little bit more entertaining. Like we're talking about statistics here and like multi-level modeling. Okay, let's make a couple jokes so that it's palatable for the audience. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. 
We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night, and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner, they have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment, and there's also a glossing detangling which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair is too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolav.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. So anyways, with the mom room stuff, it's super fun for me because I love like making PowerPoints, like, you know, creating the posts on Instagram or even my Instagram stories. Like, I love that shit. Instagram stories is basically just like a mini PowerPoint. You put up your words, you have your photo, whatever. And I love it. So I feel like I'm able to be 100% me and yeah, I can throw in a random picture of Jonathan Taylor Thomas on any fucking slide that I want and nobody's going to say anything about it. So I think it just suits me more. And I felt the same way about because I'm working slowly on writing a book I felt the same kind of way, like, wow, this is amazing. I can just put my own thoughts out there on the paper and I don't need to add references. I don't need to, you know, have everything in APA style and, you know, have certain headings be a certain size and centered. And academia, a lot of the times, is like, you can't just say your own thoughts like somebody else has had to <laughs> somebody else had to say it previously and then you need to reference them unless you can prove your thoughts with your data but i mean come on so yeah anyways this i wanted to talk a little bit about my experience with anxiety because it was world mental health day um the other day and I got a lot of feedback uh, and people relating to my story just when I did, you know, a couple Instagram stories about it. So yeah, that's what this episode turned into. I wanted it to be about tantrums and t- and teeth brushing and Toy Story, but I will save that for another episode. I am going to put some Instagram accounts that focus on mental health in the episode notes, so definitely check that out. I will ask around to some of my psychologist friends uh, to see if they have any resources to share with regard to anxiety or mental health in general, and I will also put those in the episode notes. And I always tell people, 
you know, if you're struggling with some kind of mental health issue, whether it be anxiety or depression, um, whatever it is, it is such a relief to talk to somebody about it. And this could be a friend, it could be a family member, your partner, it could be a physician, uh, it could be a therapist. It just, I remember specifically the day I went into my supervisor's office because I was open about anxiety with my friends and family, but not my supervisor who, you know, he was the one at all the meetings and, you know, at different presentations for lab meetings and whatnot. And he was the one that, you know, accepted me into this program. And so I felt a lot of pressure to kind of perform and be a good student for my supervisor, obviously. Um, And I remember he didn't know anything about my anxiety. And I specifically remember the day I went into his office to talk to him about my anxiety. And I broke down crying. And I mean, fair enough, he's a psychologist, so I'm sure he's used to this kind of thing. But I broke down crying and he was super supportive. And it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders because now, like the one person who didn't know that I had raging anxiety over certain situations, like now he knew. So it's it's like when you feel like you don't have to hide it anymore and you can just be open and honest, like, wow, I am having raging anxiety right now. And then the people around you acknowledge that. It's like a weight is lifted off your shoulder. So... My number one recommendation is to just talk about it. Even now when I have, you know, I'm just feeling off and I feel anxious, I will just instantly tell my husband, like, I'm really not feeling normal right now. I I have really bad anxiety. And just so just the other person knowing that is so helpful and it can give you a little bit of relief or at least it gives you permission to do what you need to do and just have your feelings and not hide it. I do share people's stories on my blog fairly often because what I find is when I share my stories, um, so many people are relating to them and, you know, oh my God, thank you so much for sharing this because, you know, you're validating my feelings and so on and so on. So it's like, why why not share other people's stories so that we have even more of like an open dialogue with regard to things that we're all kind of going through? So if you would like to share your story in written form uh, about mental health, please email me uh, at hello at renearena.com. And yeah, I will try and get it up on the blog to share with everybody. You can remain anonymous if you want or not. I am going to look for a professional that I can have on the podcast um, so we can do an episode, you know, maybe about perinatal mental health or postpartum mental health or both. Um, I think that is a needed conversation. So keep a lookout for that. Um, What is Friday's episode? Let me check. Ah, yes. Friday's episode is with Jackie Power and we talk about special needs parenting. I know this is a topic that a lot of people wanted to hear about, so definitely uh, tune into that on Friday. 
As always, thank you so much for listening. And, you know, the other day on my Instagram stories, I asked everyone to go rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And the turnout was unbelievable. I got so many ratings and reviews and I was so happy. It pushed the podcast into the number one spot for a few days. So I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. So if you haven't already done that, please rate and review this podcast and subscribe and download and all that fun stuff. Um, If you don't already follow me, you can follow me on TikTok and on Instagram at the.mom.room. And uh, yeah, I hope your children sleep tonight. And and if they're still in the nap stage, I hope they nap as well because Milo hasn't been napping lately and it's a real bitch. Are you looking for a podcast that'll make you laugh? You came to the wrong place. That's not us. That's not us. Well, it is. We are a husband and wife who chat about raw, real relationship topics. Yeah, like sex. Like money. Like marriage and kids. But we're not afraid to talk about how your newborn baby probably isn't as cute as you think it is. If you're in need of entertainment while you're driving to work, because that sucks, we can join you in the suckage, kind of like being in your ear. Not physically. So if you want to laugh, come check us out. Come check us out. Brought to you by the Laughing Couple Podcast. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.